Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Brain Spreader here as we uh, preview all the uh, leagues around San Diego County. We are now working on uh, Coronado. We're joined by uh, the legendary head coach, of course, Coach Hines. Coach Kurt Hines uh, famously uh, giving motivational speeches on, uh, you see it on Twitter, you see it all over on social media. Uh, Coach, what's going on? How's camp going for you? How are you guys looking? Well, first of all, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, things are great. You know, we're, we're a few days out from uh, the San Diego kickoff classic. We, uh, we've had a very good off season. We, uh, you know, I have one of my shooting coaches that has been on staff, Coach Davis, for 18 years. And uh, he was saying to me just the other day that this was the greatest off season he's ever seen in his tenure here. Um, so uh, the guys are working hard. We're uh, we have a long way to go, but we're we're getting ready to hit someone someone else. It's a lot better to hit somebody else, isn't it, than uh, than hitting yourselves over and over again. Of course, Kurt Hines is talking about the kickoff classic. That's always a fun event. It's going to be down at Hilltop High School um, over the weekend. Coronado plays in it almost every year. Coach, um, you know, you got uh, got uh, a new weight room down there not too long ago. Uh, you guys sound like you've been using it since, um, you know, you're talking about having a great offseason and what have you. Uh, Coronado, last, you guys the last couple of years have gone 6-4, kind of around the 500 mark. Uh, what does it need to, what do you guys need to do? in order to break through that and, and kind of be, uh, you know, just maybe just a little bit better and, and be in a position to win a league title? Yeah, a lot of it comes down to the guys are doing it, but just buying in. Uh, you know, his, the history of Coronado being you know, this is our 106th season, but uh, when I took over two years ago, we only had two returning starters, and those were the only two young men that had been in the program for four years. So there wasn't a lot of retention, and that's, that's not a knock on anyone. But uh, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. You know, we're, we're not a big team physically, uh, but guys have been working hard, and they're hungry. I'm, I'm very proud of them. Let's take a look at uh, you know your schedule for the season. You open up at Maranatha Christian. You got Classical Academy. You're at El Cajon Valley, Mar Vista Mountain Empire. Um, you've done a really good job of scheduling teams that are kind of around your guys' caliber, uh, not too uh, lowly of opponents, not too high of opponents. Uh, wh- what is your mindset in terms of scheduling non-league games as you get your guys ready for league play? That's a great question. That's actually new for me because... In New Hampshire, the, the NHIA does all the scheduling. So that's out of our hands. Obviously, you know, you're in a situation, you said it perfectly, where you don't want to set yourself up for failure where you're facing lesser teams only to think you're better than you are to get punched in the face come playoffs. So um, I've really relied heavily the past two years on some of my assistant coaches who have been who understand the different strengths of leagues and the programs. Um, I, I feel good about you know who we have on our schedule, and what I mean by that is 
these are programs, some that have a, a real strong history, and some who, like us, are kind of rebuilding a culture. Um, I love the fact that we have San Diego, San Diego High School at the end of the season, and I, I say that with nothing but the utmost respect to their program because <laughs> we, the past few years we played them, uh, they beat the snot out of them. They, they just, uh, this past season we played them. I didn't schedule it, but I'm not that stupid. But they were our homecoming game. And uh, it was one of those weekends last year where most of the games were rained out. And I don't remember offhand whether it was 46 to 7 or what, but that was at halftime. <laughs> so uh, we have them as the, the last game, I believe, of the regular season. And the reason I love that is because they're, they're going to be phenomenal again. And as long as we take care of business throughout the season, I think it's going to be a great opponent to go in and, and see a really, really well-run program of young men that just love football and to go up against them and see what, see what we've got. Well, it sounds like you got a, a game circled on the schedule uh, later in the season for sure. Uh, let's talk about some of your kids, some of your players you got uh, coming for you in uh, 2019, some guys that are going to be uh, you know, impact players for the Islanders this year. Yeah, I'll start with James Whittaw. He, uh, he's a returning, he's one of our captains. He's a returning uh, linebacker, um, wide receiver. And he's just, uh, he's matured so much as a player. He started last year, um, but he had a tremendous offseason. And he's just, he's a kid that, you know, we, we talk often in our program about guys that play football and football players. And the difference being, you know, you play football, you show up when it's convenient. And James is definitely a football player that understands what it takes to compete day in and day out. So, uh, so we're looking at James to lead the way. Uh, Tyler Buckley is another captain who, you know, the, the biggest conversation I have with Tyler, you know, he, he's not that big, but uh, he's got real good speed, great hands, and he's another slot back uh, offensively in a, a corner for us on defense. He just, he likes to hit. He's just a scrappy little kid that really likes to hit, and I don't think he's really realized yet how good he can be. Um we have Ash Bitt, the quarterback. You know, he was a backup for us for most of the year last year. Um, and our starting quarterback, being a military kid, moved, moved out of state. So Ash has stepped up and uh, put on some real good size over the offseason. Can, can throw the ball well. He's a real good threat when he runs the ball. Um, and our, our line, although I say we're not big, we, uh, we're averaging about 240 for our line, so we're not small. And uh, those guys have really worked hard this offseason as well. So uh, I'm excited about where we are. You know, we've got a lot of work ahead of us, but I'm excited about where we sit right now. Well, Coach, uh, we're excited to uh, you know follow you guys the rest of the season over there at Coronado. You guys had a good offseason, like you said, and it sounds like you guys are going to be poised for an even better year. Coach Kurt Hines of the Coronado Islanders, thanks again for joining us. We look forward to talking to you yet again. I appreciate you guys. Take care. Brain Sprint here as we uh, preview the Central League in the City Conference. We're joined by head coach of the Crawford Colts. His name is Matt Marquez in his first year over there at Crawford uh, as the head ball coach of the football team. Coach Marquez, how are you doing this evening? Doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? 
Uh, we're doing great, Coach. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, we're in camp right now. We're getting ready for scrimmages this week. Uh, first game is next week. You guys open up with a tough opponent at San Diego High. Uh, how, how's camp going right now? What are you uh, What are you most impressed with with your guys? And uh, you know, how are the Colts looking? Camp's going pretty good. Um, you know, I'll be happy when school starts because uh, you know, at a school like Crawford, a lot of kids got to have jobs during the summer to help their you know families out. Um, they got to babysit during the summer to help their families out. So once school starts, most of my problems are gone. Chris Smith, a.k.a. Top Dog, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? First of all, I just want to say on behalf of all the alumni for Crawford, we are enthused and excited to have you as our new head ball coach over there. So congratulations on the gig. Thank you, sir. Now, my question to you is a little bit different. You know, I see you doing a lot of work in the community. How do you see the work you do in the community translating to helping these kids become young, better citizens and men? Well, I think it's essential, the work that we do in the community. Um, a lot of times, uh, athletes and football players especially get, get labeled as, you know, oh, they're, they're pampered, they're babies, they're people just give them stuff. They don't do nothing besides play sports for the school. So we like to be out, out front, you know, with all the community projects, um, campus cleanups, community cleanups. Um, I told the kids, you know, go find someone first day of school. You guys know the school. If they've got a piece of paper in their hand and they're looking around like they're lost, they probably are. Help them out. You know, so just being good citizens. It's, not everybody's going to go to the NFL. Not everybody's going to go to play college football, but everybody can be a good citizen. That's an absolutely, uh, you know, fantastic philosophy to have as a head coach. Um, you know, I know remembering when I played high school football, my coach had the same mentality uh, to us as well. Uh, talking about the young men you have over there at Crawford, um, you know, usually, you know, the numbers are down in high school football in general. Uh, I know you guys usually have, uh, you know, some trouble over the last couple of years of just having some numbers. You got 15 returning starters out of the 22. I know most of them are probably going both ways. Uh, what are some of the names of these kids uh, that are going to be impacted players for you at Crawford this year? Uh, first and foremost, so my, my senior captains, uh, Malachi Beatty and Marlo Jenkins. Uh, they both were starters on the 2017 championship, going with the championship game. So they've been three-year starters, captains for the last two years. Marlo's led the team in tackles for the last two years. Malachi's led the team in interceptions for the last two years, and he's also our leading um, receiver coming back. Um, I have a sophomore, uh, junior quarterback who was a sophomore last year. Moved him to quarterback the week before the scrimmage and uh, took every snap except for the one snap he missed because he threw with his carny side of fries. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> Coach, speaking of your, your big quarterback here, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody knows, has Big Ben. You have a very large and, and, and big quarterback over there, and they call him Big Ken. How high is the ceiling for Big Ken? Um, this was the first year that he had the, uh, the offseason work as a quarterback, so seven on seven and all that. Uh, his freshman year, he played O-line on JV. And then the beginning part of his sophomore year, he wanted to move to receiver. And then, you know, we moved him to quarterback right before the scrimmage. So this is the first time he's actually, you know, got seven-on-seven work, you know, actually had time to read coverages and throw to his receivers every day and, and know exactly how they run their routes and what speed they're running their routes at. Um, I think he has the strongest arm in the county. I know for sure he's probably the only quarterback throwing shot putting discus. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, the love it, Coach. Um, you open up with San Diego High. Uh, you know, a lot of us coaches, you know, we, we want to take it one week at a time. I'm sure you've had a lot of time to look at San Diego High already, even though the game didn't start till uh, you know, August 23rd. What are some of the challenges you guys are going to have to face in, in playing a team like San Diego High? And, uh, you know, what, was, uh, what went into the decision process into uh, putting them on the schedule this year? Uh, the decision process, that was made actually during the season last year. 
Um, Charles James, when he was in college, he used to come back when I was in high school and help us out, you know, show us new workouts, you know, introduce me to ladder drills. So I've known him for a long time, and um, I want my team to play in big games. You know, San Diego High, they've been packing their stadium out the last couple of years, and I want my kids to play in that environment. And um, also, last year, we went 5-5 five and five and didn't make the playoffs because our strength of schedule was kind of low. So we need to play bigger, higher-ranked opponents this year to help, to help us out with that. So, Coach, what and, would it, uh, Coach, this is a top dog. What what would it mean to your players, your coaching staff? And I know you have one of the former uh, Cavers on your coaching staff right now, so maybe talk a little bit about him too. But what would it mean to all of you guys and the community and the alumni if you actually knocked off the San Diego Cavers and the defending state champions? Man, I looked the other day on Max Prep, so I was trying to find where they were ranked, and uh, they were ranked ninth on Max Prep. So if we happen to win this game, I'm going to tell Max Prep, hey, how come we're not number nine? <laughs> you know, I think we're number 67 right now, you know, so if we be number nine, we should be number nine. I, well, Coach, I, I, we, we both agree, uh, you know, Top Dog and myself, that you guys are, are going to have a really good season this year. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we look forward to talking to you uh, throughout this season. Good luck this year. I, I know it's, a, you know, sometimes it's a battle. You don't have, uh, you know, the numbers. Um, but we know you guys are going to be fired up and ready to go for the season. Thanks again, Coach. All right, thank you. Brain Sprint here again uh, for a high school football podcast on 97.3 The Fan. We're previewing every single league, well, the majority of the leagues here in San Diego County. Uh, f- to join me for the Central League, I got uh, none other than uh, Top Dog, Chris Smith. Uh, Chris, uh, do you want me to call you Chris or Top Dog? Does it matter? Well, I mean, everybody calls me Top Dog anyway, so why don't we just stick to Top Dog? I'll do it. All right. Uh, I'll do TD. I'll do uh, Top Dog. I'll mix it in. I might throw in a Chris in there to, to keep you on your toes. How you doing today, Chris? I'm good. I'm uh you know, we're a couple, we're, what, eight days away from the regular season opener, and uh, I'm excited for high school football to return back to San Diego. Uh, there's no better time in, in the year I loved in uh, Friday Night Lights. Absolutely. I'm excited. we got scrimmages this week. we got real games next week. Uh, we're breaking down the Central League. Claremont, Coronado, Crawford, Hoover, Sarah. Um, it's the uh, lowest level league in the city conference, um, you know, based on, you know, power rating and, and, and what have you. Um, the favorite coming in, uh, that sticks out to me is Sarah High School, of course. Um, out of those five teams, uh, is, what sticks out to you the most? Uh, give me a team that you want to talk about just real quick. Uh, well, let's start off right there where you said uh, Drew Smith's uh, Sarah Conquistadors, the Q-Dogs. Um, it's funny because I was actually at practice uh, two days ago and uh, got to see their both of their running backs uh, up and close and in person, and uh, I was very impressed. Uh, their running backs coach is doing a great job with them. Um, I do anticipate both of those running backs running for over 1,000 yards this year. Uh, that running game for them is going to be really, really, really good. And you add in uh, the mobility of, of Zombrowski, the quarterback, Timmy Time. And they've got a 6'3 wide receiver out there that just came in. And the kid's got some hands. He's got some height. He's going to be he's gonna be hard to stop. Uh, that offense is going to look really, really good. Um, they got a strong uh, Mike linebacker over there. That looks really good on anchoring their defense. Um, well coached. So I think, uh, to me, uh, Sarah stands out in that league. That's definitely got to be the league favorite. We'll get to Sarah in more depth in just a little bit. We're going to go kind of in alphabetical order, uh, and then we'll go through kind of where we think each team's going to be. We'll give out some shout-outs to some kids. Uh, We'll list um, what they're going to finish in the league as well. Uh, Starting off with Claremont, this is a school that um, you know they've had. They have been struggling of of late. Zero uh, ten last year. Um, they did not report a JV record to uh, Cal Preps. They did not report a returning starter. So we do not know on that uh, terms 
uh, of their team coming in. They do have come in with a negative 56.3 rating, according to Cal Preps. Again, a lot of these schools are going to have negative ratings just because where they're at uh, in the grand scheme of things compared to everybody else in the country. Um, you look at their schedule, and they play two teams in particular that somebody's going to have to get a win. San Ysidro and Elko Valley, both teams last year, did not get a win either. Um, I'm pretty sure all three of those schools play each other almost in a round-robin format this year, so someone's obviously going to get a win here. I can see Claremont going two and eight as a ceiling. Just you know, you know, as, as like it, if they go two and eight, I think it's a very good season for them coming off of an zero and ten season last year. And I think the best chances they have to get those wins are, of course, against the two teams that did not win a game last year, either in El Cajon Valley and San Ysidro. I know we were talking a little bit off air about who we would think would win the most out of those three teams. You said El Cajon Valley, so I would imagine you think El Cajon Valley would beat Claremont, uh, but. What is what is the ceiling for this team? Uh, you know, what would be a successful season for the Chieftains this year? I'll be candid with you. I mean, there's a lot of turmoil as far as like coaching staff, administration over at the Claremont High School. Uh, AD is no longer there. Head coach is no longer there. There's a big turnover. I mean, they got one guy that stands out to me. That's a six six. You know, quarterback. They got 205 pounds. Ryan Christensen, a good ball player. Beyond that, they don't have a lot of depth. And it's I think it's it's challenging for any team uh, when you have a coaching change, head coach, athletic director. Kids are unsure about what's going on with the school and athletics and so on and so forth. I think that does affect uh, players when, they, when they're on the team. So that's why, I, you know, I said Oklahoma Valley's had a little bit more stability. So I think, yeah, Oklahoma Valley would beat Claremont head-to-head. Well, if you look at, you know, most of the teams we're going to break down in this league are going to have depth issues. And a lot of teams in San Diego in general are having depth issues. We're seeing that a lot with football nowadays. Just lower numbers. You're not getting the you know 100 kids coming out for freshman football anymore. You're not getting the big numbers on varsity and JV. Um, and the schools that are hurting the most are have to be some of these schools, some of the small schools uh, in general. So you know, it's going to be a depth issue and kind of a war of attrition for these all five of these uh, teams that we break down here um, in the uh, Central League. Moving on from Claremont, uh, again, I, I, two and eight ceiling. It's going to be a rough, especially with all the turmoil going on. It's, it's got a bad effect on kids anyway. We were talking with John Maffey on the uh, the Valley League podcast and how difficult it's going to be for Fallbrook to try to win some games because they've had three coaches in six years. I mean, right. that's just it's unfortunate. And you kind of feel for the seniors the most just because it's like they're working on trying to turn things around over like a three- or four-year period. And your senior year, unfortunately, it's going to be like we're just kind of taking our lumps at this point. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, it, it's sad for Claremont, too, because, I mean, year, many years ago, Claremont was a, a dominant you know, athletic program here in the county. And to see where they are now is a little bit disappointing. Uh, you know, I think Desmond's going to do a great job at, at trying to coach his team up you know, rally the troops, get these guys in every single game. I just don't know that they have enough athletes or stars that are on that roster to, to compete with some of the other teams within their league. Moving on from Claremont to Coronado, uh, Coach Kurt Hines uh, leading the Coronado Islanders. And with 6-4 and four last year, JV team went 6-4 and four as well. Uh, notable wins over Mountain Empire, Maranatha, and Crawford. They did lose to Chula Vista, Mar Vista, and Sarah, um, some of their losses. They entered the season a negative 41 rating. Uh, eight of their 22 guys are coming back. I was just on the phone with Kurt Hines not too long ago, um, and he was saying how they're poised to have a good season because he thinks the uh, off season was the best off season that they've had uh, during his tenure there at uh, Coronado. You're looking at their schedule. I, I, to me, they're kind of a 500 ball club. They're, they look like they're going to potentially be five and five. Uh, he did a really good job with scheduling in terms of getting teams on his schedule that are not only beatable but kind of around his caliber. He's not playing a bunch of teams that are not that 
terrible. Um, I know you, you kind of give me a, a weird look there because I'm not including San Diego High in that deal, obviously. San Diego High is, is going to be a lot better than Coronado, although that is the game that's circled on his list the most after the uh, kind of the two beatdowns that San Diego High has given their uh, across-the-bay rival, if you will, in uh, Coronado. Um, but Maranatha Christian, they should be able to win that game. Uh, they should be able to beat El Cajon Valley. They should be able to beat Mountain Empire again this time. They don't have to travel. Um, they might be able to beat they're going to beat Claremont, I would imagine, and I think they could beat Hoover. Uh, that's five wins right there. I think a couple other ones are toss-up games. I think they're ceiling six and four. I think they're uh, their sellers probably three and seven. I think they're a five and five ball club. You know, I, I'm not too far off from you there. I mean, the only game the game that sticks out to me is you know how are they going to come out of the gates? You know, they they play Montgomery at uh, at Hilltop this this weekend. Uh, I want to see what they in do. The kickoff classic. In the San Diego Friday Night Lights kickoff classic. I want to see what they do against Montgomery. Um, I think those two programs are really parallel to each other as far as athletes and, and who plays on what team and how disciplined they are. To me, that's going to show me what they're made of. Um, you know, I got a chance to see them a couple of years ago. I think Kurt's first year when they were in the kickoff classic against a team, and they hang in there for, you know, the first half, and then the second half they went flat. You know, I, I'm interested to see can these guys finish. You know, everybody's seen the, the famous speech where, where Kurt's in the locker room where he's pounding on the. You <laughs> You're know, backed against the wall. You're backed, backed in a corner. corner. Yes, you know? absolutely. I, I do love that one that Max Press made famous. But, you know, he's got. There's some. You know, I, I'm not saying that Mountain Empire is going to be an easy game for them. I, I think that that's going to be a tough game for them to go to. I think playing at Sarah is going to be a really tough game because that running game over there. They're probably going to be right around 5-5, five and 6-4 five, and four at best. Yeah, I mean, so, and, and I didn't think the Mountain Empire, when I said the Mountain Empire game, I didn't think it was an automatic win. I think it's a very winnable game uh, for Coronado since they won last year. Um, you know, you don't really factor travel in too much in high school football because it doesn't really matter. Coronado to Mountain Empire and Mountain Empire to Coronado is kind of a long way for a high school kid to travel for a, for a football game, um, especially in San Diego because we don't travel as much as schools in Texas do right. and schools maybe in Orange County or Bishop Gorman flying places to go play people right. um, especially for a team like Coronado is probably not used to traveling um, that far to play games listen when they brought me out when they brought me out there to go see the school out there you know I thought Montel was taking me off to bury me somewhere in the desert I mean we just kept driving and driving <laughs> he's and driving, driving on interstate 8 and all of a sudden know, there's a stadium on the other side of the what is that there, I see a couple cows out there and then I walk out there and you know it's a I will say it's a beautiful community out there you know I get a chance to spend some of the time with some of the coaching staff and some of the players out there and um, they take football pretty serious out there, so I don't think that's just a rollover game. No, I but I, but I do think it's a winnable game, and I think both me and you are on the same page. About a 500 ball club uh, for Coronado. Moving on to Crawford, we're going to your alma mater, so I'll try to keep the bias to a minimum. Of course, I know you're a big supporter of your Colts. I'm going to tell you right now, I think. I think Matt Marquez is going to do a great job over there. I think they're going to turn things around. Another team that's going to have to battle with depth issues. Um, not a lot of kids on their team, um, you know, each and every year of the last couple of years or so. Five and five last year. JV team went two and seven. Um, you can't really value JV records for teams that already don't have a lot of numbers on varsity anyway. Um, notable wins: Castle Park, Claremont, uh, San Ysidro. Lost to Maranatha, Coronado, Francis Parker. Uh, starting rating negative thirty six point seven. They do return fifteen of they're 22 starters. I know I would imagine most of those guys are both way players uh, in that sense. Um, I, I think they can have a ceiling of 7-3, and three, but the thing is, is can they stay healthy enough to get through the second half of their schedule? I think league-wise, they should be able to beat Coronado, Hoover, and Claremont. 
and lose to Sarah. So I think they got three wins there in league, um, and I think their um, non-league is very winnable. I don't see them beating San Diego High in week one. Um, I don't see them beating Scripps Ranch in the middle of the year, and then I don't see them beating Sarah. I think all the other games are very much winnable. We'll see how the Montgomery game goes, um, but they play San Ysidro, who they should be able to beat. It hasn't won a, a game yet. They play Claremont. They play two teams on their schedule that went 0-20 combined last year. Uh, that should be two extra wins for them as well. Crawford, I think, again, ceiling 7-3. and three. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe finish 5-5. Five and five. Well, sure, I'm not too far off there. I think their ceiling is probably 6-4. and four. Uh, More likely, they're going to be a 5-5 five and five ball club. Uh, again, I'll echo some of the sentiments you said about Marquez. Not only is he doing a great job, but he's got these kids bought into the community. And that's important, you know. You turn on Facebook, you turn on Twitter, you see him having these guys out there working in the community. That builds a sense of pride within being a cult. And as an alumni, you know, we appreciate that. But more on that, it translates beyond the, the football field. Now, what do I think it's going to do to help him with this program? The kids have bought in. You know, the, now that he's a full-time head coach, he's on And that's, that's half the battle right there is Absolutely. getting the kids to buy in. And so I think they're going to they're gonna fight. I think that you're going to see them hang in there in some tough games, uh, maybe late in, in, the, in the fourth quarter. When maybe before they they you know maybe roll over for, for the previous coach, um, these guys are gonna give it all they got. Uh, it's gonna come down to and they've got some pretty good you know stars. I mean the quarterbacks what six three they call him you know everybody says everybody knows Ben Big Ben Roethlisberger. Well they got yep. Big Ken over there at the quarterback, <laughs> and then you got Malachi Bataille. You got some dudes over there that can make a difference and playmakers. Um, there are some question marks that you know corners and safeties or secondaries a little bit questionary. So when they play teams that can you know put the ball over the top. I'm a little concerned about that. They get in shootouts with teams. It's not going to go good for them. I got them finishing second in the um, the Central League. You got an agreement on that one? I probably want to say first year head coach. I think they're probably going to come in third. You got Coronado in second. Yeah. And then uh, I, uh, talking about the, I'll, I'll go through the whole standings uh, in just a second. Uh, going to uh, Hoover, uh, second to last team we're going to talk about here um, in our central preview. Of course, myself, Braden Supranet, alongside uh, Top Dog, otherwise known as Chris Smith uh, of the Prep Picks and Report, uh, you know, over there at KUSI um, and always doing his great things uh, in the community. When, uh, by the way, I loved your event the other day, the uh, the video. That, i got to give you some props on that. That was pretty fun. Uh, I took some pictures of it, and it's going to be on our uh, on our page for the for the podcast that we post. Uh, great. Another Another great event uh, by Top Dog. Here's your little uh, your little appreciate plug right it. now. Yeah, I don't know it. if I'm going to give it to you for the other three podcasts we do, but I'm going <laughs> to give it to you right now in the Central League. Uh, Hoover uh, coming in one and nine. Uh, their one win last year was against Claremont. Negative fifty five point two rating coming into the season. Uh, this is another team that's going to have depth issues. A, a team that's um, you know really fallen off for the last handful of years. They're going to play a lot of road games. I think they're renovating their stadium over there, if I'm not mistaken. I know they're renov- doing a lot of renovations at the school as well. Uh, so we go from one school that two of my grandparents went to to another school that one of my grandparents went to in uh, Hoover High School. Uh, I'm looking at a three and seven year potentially for uh, for uh, Hoover this year. Well, I say I say I think this is generous. Uh, a three and seven record. Um, hey, I've I, given out generous records the you know, entire time. I, I don't know. I mean, they've got Montgomery and, and a wake up. They've got Elko Valley, Francis Parker. You look down the schedule. I mean, it, they even play Kearney. You kept listing losses, though. I mean, I, got, I, mean, I they play two teams that haven't won a game in about two years in San, San and Ysidro and Elko Valley. So it's like they're traveling the entire. And they got Claire. They got three teams last year that went zero and zero and thirty combined. Besides Crawford, they're traveling the entire year. So. It's going to be really difficult. I know when Patrick Henry was traveling the entire year when they were doing the stadium renovations, it's hard to get kids motivated when you never play a home game in front of your own fans. Well, it's tough to jump on a bus and go play every time. Not only that, but, I mean, think about it. You know, Hoover's been struggling for the last couple of years. Uh, they've had a couple, you know, coaching changes. 
now all of a they're going to another coaching change and they're not playing at home. And let's face it, a lot of the athletes that are in that community are going to other schools. So I think they have depth issues. I think there's going to be coaching issues. I think there's going to be travel issues. Um, are I they good really, enough to beat Claremont? I don't think so. Oh, so you think you got Hoover potentially being in the cellar of the Central League this year? That, that's my take. After looking at where the program currently is, where it was, and, and even looking at some of the bright spots on there, they've got a, a few decent athletes that are pretty good. But not a lot of playmakers are going to change games or, or you know pull away from teams. So if they're going to get in, in dogfights, I don't think they got enough guys to, to pull those games off. So. Uh, and their best chance of getting a win would be potentially against Claremont or um, you know San Ysidro or an El Cajon Valley. Um, I do like the scheduling, though, this year for a lot of those teams. They're just kind of playing each other and, and playing their caliber, which is a lot better than um, you know maybe putting Claremont on um, – you know, like a, a avocado league schedule, right. where it's just kind of a waste of everybody's time. Right. Um, so, so I, I do like to see a lot, that. A lot, well parody, a lot of parody. Yeah, a lot of parody. Yeah, there's a lot of parody in a lot of these in a lot of these schedules as well. Sarah High School is the next one. The last thing we're going to talk about here in the Central League, um, unanimous decision by both of us to pick as the uh, league champion. Um, they're pretty much a a, a city type. Uh, I mean, they're good enough to be in the city league right now. Um, it's just kind of like after the last two years. They're where they're at, like right. like Mira Mesa being in the Eastern League when they could right. definitely play in the Western League. Right. Um, you can even make the argument that Christian could potentially play in the Western League, um, what have you. So uh, they're kind of they're dealt the they're the they got to deal with the car the the, um, the yeah, hand that they're dealt. They got to be they got to deal yeah. with the hand that they're dealt at this point. So I I think they go eight and two this year. Uh, they do play Script Ranch Week One. I think that might be a tough one for them. I think that might be their second toughest game of the year besides maybe San Diego High uh, later on the year. A lot of winnable games on their schedule. We saw Drew Smith's team last year kind of go on a late tear last year uh, and, and do really well. Uh, they entered the, uh, the season with a negative 4.6 rating, which is actually not that bad for a team in the Central League. 9-4 and four record last year. Uh, I think they could go 8-2. and two. Um, I think they could go 8-2 pretty easily, actually. I'll say if they beat Scripps Ranch... I actually think they're going to run the table. This might be the year that Drew Smith has an undefeated regular season record. That team is very well coached, very disciplined. It's going to be really hard to stop both the running backs, the quarterback, and the wide receiver. That offense is running on all cylinders right now. Like I said, I just saw him just a couple of days ago, and I was very, very, very impressed. Um, they're they're by far my you know my pick to win league. Um, but I think the only teams that could potentially knock them off, like you said, Scripps Ranch and San Diego. Um, but I don't know if Scrid France has enough guys, and I don't know if San Diego has enough guys. You know? San Diego did lose a lot of guys. Um, I know Scrid France is uh, is a team that's very hyped right now. This this is their class. This is it. And you talk with Marlon Gardnero over there at Scrid France. This is the year for them over there. Uh, they got some good size. Um, you know, I, it, it seems like the kids are buy, buying in for the first time in a long time at Scrid France. And we'll touch on Scrid France when we break down the city league, of course. But. Um, that might be their toughest game, week one. And then it just goes kind of downhill from there schedule-wise, and it's just a matter of whether or not they overlook anybody. But I don't think they're going to. Uh, they're going to be well-disciplined. It's a well-coached team over there with Drew Smith at Sarah High School. And um, I, I I agree with you. If they beat Scripps Ranch High, they, I think they can run the table. I, I, I That's that's a fair that's a fair argument. Um, you know, my, my two losses are kind of like, 
I, I kind of don't want to make predictions of teams going undefeated, so that's why every time I kind of throw a loss in there, even though they're good enough to potentially go undefeated. Um, I find it really difficult for me a lot of years to try to give Helix a loss or to give like an Avocado League team a loss, but I find ways. I find ways to do it, and then I get murdered on social media. We going undefeated, and it's just like, all right, all right dude, I just I can't. No, I don't it's think a tough bet to listen, get anybody listen, to go undefeated. I don't think you're going to get any worse uh, beat up on social media than I did last year when I picked Cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> run the table in the first game of the week they lose to LCC in their fault uh, for doing that is not playing a script they were playing a scrimmage you know, and LCC there, was playing listen, week three listen, already listen every I think every player on the cathedral roster heard me last year when I was screaming and yelling at him like, oh, you guys yeah. embarrassed me, you gave me, me phone calls bad. I got yeah. phone calls as yep, an alum sure I was did. just like Chris relax bro relax I'm, I'm getting destroyed oh, yeah, over I was here like Aaron Rodgers trying to tell you to relax over there <laughs> um but I, I think we're in agreement for the majority of this league um, a lot of tough sledding for a lot of these teams. It's just, uh, it is what it is. A lot of rebuilding for a lot of these schools, a lot of transitioning periods. Um, real, ca- real quick to recap, we both agree Sarah's going to come in first, yep. right? I think Crawford can come in second. You have them at third. Yep. Um, I got Coronado I, at second. And I have Coronado at third. So we they can easily flip-flop throughout the season. I, 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 think, I think it's Sarah 1. I think Crawford and Coronado are kind of around the same area, 2 and 3. I have Hoover 4 and Claremont 5. You have Claremont 4 and Hoover 5. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty much in the same. It's kind of split into three zones there. Sarah's the odds-on favorite. The big dog. Crawford and Coronado are right there in the 2 spot, and then Hoover and Claremont are trying. Whoever wins that game is going to finish in 4th and 5th. Right. I absolutely agree with you. So that's it uh, for the Central League Breakdown. I'm Brayden Suprenit. He is top dog uh, Chris Smith uh, joining me today. We're going to break down all the City League schools, of course, uh, with Chris. We're going to have more coaches interviews for you as well. Uh, be sure to check out all of our uh, podcasts as they slowly get released as we get up to August 22nd, the day before we start. Uh, of course, tune into our high school football show that will be airing uh, tonight, actually, August the 15th. Uh, when you hear this podcast, at least when the podcast gets released, our first high school show, August 15th, from 9 to 11 on 97.3 The Fan. We'll also have it each and every Wednesday throughout the season. We'll also broadcast the game each and every Friday starting next week. We got Granite Hills going to Poway week one on 97.3 The Fan, and it's going to be a fun high school football season. Chris, thanks for joining me today. We look forward to talking to you for uh, more leagues. Well, thanks for having me, I appreciate it. That's it uh, for the Central League Podcast. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.